1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. Today is Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. My name is Mark Daly, sitting here in the studio on a a Saturday afternoon, which definitely feels very unusual and peculiar i mean the the window just to the right of me it's nice and bright compared to pitch black usually I sit down to record the show in the evenings even on a race day uh so this is a little bit uh, different not saying that i don't like it uh, it was certainly a little bit uh, different to get up uh, to watch the race get going here at 7 a.m pacific time here in vancouver and uh well, I'm not really one to get up early on the weekends if I don't have to, but certainly if I'm getting up to watch Formula One live, that uh, certainly isn't uh, you know the worst of reasons uh, to do so. Had uh, quite uh, a bit, uh, well, mixed reactions. Let's uh, put it that way. Opened up the uh, the mailbag a little bit uh, earlier on X. Uh, also got a number of voice messages in the uh, in the voicemail as well here. So a, a real you know, mix across the board. Some of you loved it. Some of you hated it and hated it. Some people were a little bit, uh, you know, indifferent towards uh, what we saw in Bahrain this afternoon. I also put out a a poll up on X a little bit earlier and the question or the, the statements was, send me your reactions to the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix. So 21% of you said you loved it. 21% of you said you hated it. 42% of you said, please make it stop. And 16% of you said there was a, or responded, I should say, there was a race today. And I'm not just uh, sure if those are the, the the cynics and the people being sarcastic or people who just uh, generally forgot that there was a race day or didn't know, expecting it to, to kick off tomorrow as usual, or the people that, the you know, the cynics and the sarcastic uh, folks saying, well, I wouldn't really call what we saw on Bahrain an actual race because it didn't really feel like one. So you know, fair enough. Everybody's entitled their, to their opinion. But I'm going to go with the, those 16% of people who responded to the poll were the ones that uh, just got the timing off. But uh, certainly the Forty-two percent of you who said please make it stop—that's uh, pretty uh, profound. So, we're going to take a, a, a look at uh, the qualifying uh, results from yesterday. The the race result uh, from today got a bunch of quotes uh, to talk about. Going to uh, go over the the, the tweets and uh, the the calls that we had into the studio here in a little bit as well. So, let's just take a, a, a look at what uh, what we saw. You know, I'm just looking here at the 2023 qualifying compared to uh, 2024 in uh, in. Boston. Rain and it, uh, you know, it's not really all that uh, that that different. So if we look at uh, what we saw yesterday in qualifying, well, a little bit different. I, I should say that uh, it's the, the the final result. I think is so coloring my uh, my my perceptions a little bit. Anyways, qualifying on Friday, we saw Max Verstappen uh, take pole position with a Q three time of a one twenty nine point one seven nine. And if uh, we rewind to uh, this time last year, Max's pole time in uh, in twenty twenty three was a one twenty nine 129.179 So, you know, uh, six tenths of a second there. Uh, Then we had uh, Charles Leclerc lining up uh, just uh, behind him on row one. And then we had uh, on row two, we had uh, George Russell and Carlos Sainz. Uh, Row three was Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso. Fernando's time at 129.542. That was quite interesting because he kind of snuck out in that little window between the different uh, groups uh, that we usually see. We always see them go out in packs, right? And uh, Fernando went out with about five or six minutes minutes to go had the track completely to himself it was a bit of a risky move uh but he had a lot of clean air to run around there he posted the third fastest time uh before yeah the the, the rest of the, the the cars went out uh he got bumped down a couple of spots but was still uh you know good enough uh, for uh you know six fastest and uh on row three to start the race then we had uh, row four was uh lando norris and oscar piastri and then row five we saw lewis hamilton and uh, nico hulkenberg and no i did not say that uh, Incorrectly, the Hulk Pierre finishing tenth in qualifying. So his uh, his final time not too disrespectful, a 130.502, you know, that's, uh, you know, quite a bit off his uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton's, uh, Hamilton's time, which was good enough for ninth. Lewis's was 129.710, but Hulkenberg's uh, Q2 time was 129.851. So that that still wouldn't have been good uh, good enough to overtake uh, Lewis, but certainly was not uh, wildly different uh, than, than everything else. So we'll go and uh, take, uh, go from there. But uh, just to, to go down the, the, the grid from last year's, we had uh, an all Red, Red Bull front row Lockout last year. Max on pole. Then we had two Ferraris on uh, row two. Then we had uh, Fernando and George Russell in the Mercedes. Uh, well, Fernando in the uh, the Aston Martin and George Russell in uh, the the Mercedes. So uh, George improving this year. Fernando not quite as good. Lewis didn't qualify as good this year as last year. Uh, Lance Stroll was uh, eighth fastest last year. And then we had um, uh, Esteban Ocon in starting a ninth. And then we had uh, Nico Hulkenberg who uh, <laughs> qualified tenth last year. So you can see now why it, it feels like there's a bit of uh, repetition uh, going on, why there's a couple of, uh, you know, repetitive uh, results there, but uh, a, a nice mix up in the grid uh, that I thought, and certainly there was a, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, dicing and action going into turn one and uh, Pearl, Lance Stroll getting, um, you know, bumped uh, there by a uh, uh, Nico Hulkenberg Lance uh, qualified in 12th. And uh, that put the, both of them at the back of the pack, but uh, we'll, we'll move ahead now and just go down the final uh, race uh, results. we had, uh, Uh, Max Verstappen uh, winning this one, uh, 57 laps around the uh, Bahrain uh, International Circuit. Um, He was uh, ahead of his teammate, Sergio Perez, by 22 and a half seconds, more or less. And then uh, P3 was Carlos Sainz, the smooth operator for uh, Ferrari P3, so he gets a podium. Charles Leclerc P4, George Russell 5th, Lando Norris in 6th, Lewis Hamilton 7th. Oscar Piastri 8th, and we had Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll in the uh, pair of the Aston Martins coming home for a double points finish in ninth and 10th, respectfully. So if we take a take a look and just back it up and compare to to last year, we had uh, Max Verstappen winning this uh, race uh, again last year uh, over his teammate, Sergio Perez, same as last year. Uh, the gap had increased by 10 seconds, and I think that's uh, why a lot of people are a little bit uh, disappointed and frustrated after the first race last year. Uh, Max uh, 11 and well 12 seconds ahead of uh, Sergio this uh, year 22 and a half seconds. Um then uh, Fernando Alonso was third so last year Carlos Sainz with fourth and then Lewis Hamilton uh, rounded out the top 5 in the Mercedes. So, so there you go. Yeah, so I, I think that's a, a lot of the, the the concern that a lot of people have is just like taking a look and it's like oh my goodness, you know Max uh, win won again wasn't really challenged and uh Really was left alone out front. There we saw, you know, a number of the teams having some issues. Charles Leclerc, we'll talk about him in a moment. He had some uh, some big problems um, with his car. The the Mercedes were struggling a little bit too. Carlos Sainz, I think uh, he drove uh, really really well. And uh, i you know I love a good underdog. I think that uh, knowing that uh, Carlos is the the odd one out at the moment and and doesn't have a drive secured for next year, and that uh, you know I mean you look at Fernando Alonso, he doesn't have a, a drive secured for for next year either. I mean he's out of contract at the end of the year. It's just that, uh, you know, for example, but I mean, Carlos is the one that uh, makes all the the headlines at the moment because he's done a fairly good job for Ferrari over the past uh, couple of years. But uh, he's going to lose his seat to Lewis Hamilton, who will pair up uh, with uh, Charles Leclerc. And Charles certainly had a, uh, a very, very difficult race uh, on, uh, on. well, I was going to say on Sunday, but <laughs> earlier on Saturday today. Anyways, let's uh, talk quickly now about the driver standing. So Max Verstappen, 26 points. He also got a single point for the fastest lap. Sergio Perez, 18 points. Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, and George Russell rounding out the top five with 15, 12, and 10 points, respectively. And then on the constructor side, we have Red Bull leading the way with 44 points, Ferrari with 27, Mercedes with 16, uh, uh, McLaren, pardon me, with 12, and then Aston Martin with three points for the uh, P9 and 10 finish from Fernando Alonso and uh, Lance Stroll, respectively, they have three points. The rest: Sauber has Red Bull or Racing Bulls or whatever they're calling them now. Uh, Williams and Alpine no points. And boy, what an awful race for uh, Alpine! They've got some serious, serious work to, to do to get uh, get back. Uh, in the conversation, I would say, even be uh, competitive. I mean, they're just—you uh, know—it looks like they've uh, gone backwards. Like everybody else seems to figure uh, something out, but they seem to have regressed uh, quite a ways. Okay, before we start uh, talking about the uh, uh, the rest of the race here, just want to read over a couple of tweets. Uh, just uh, one reply here to the poll was from Kaiju Sidequest at uh, Kaiju Sidequest on X. Uh, the response is: I didn't quite love it, but definitely didn't hate it. I'm happy McLaren is starting the season in the. Point. Points. Overall, I will be rooting for Carlos Carlos Sainz throughout the the year. For I did him wrong, and I hope he finishes the season in seconds. And yeah, uh, you know what? I can't uh, <laughs> I can't disagree with that. I feel like uh, they could be a, a little bit of the uh, you know love a good underdog, and uh, would like to see Carlos Sainz uh, do well. And uh, yeah. That will be a story that will go all season long, especially if he goes and uh, outperforms uh, Charles Leclerc. Okay, so let's uh, jump into some of the stories here in the uh, that have come out, some of the quotes after the race uh, from the different teams and the different uh, drivers. So Max Verstappen said that uh, the the opening race of the year couldn't have gone any better, and uh, you could tell like after the race uh, when uh, you know they always when they do the call, uh, cool down lap they always they always cut to the, the the winning car and driver and Max sounded so relaxed it sounded like he hadn't uh, really been um, you know pushed at all I mean of course there was a supreme uh, mental and physical effort he just uh, wasn't out there for a Sunday drive but l- let's be fair I mean as as far as Formula One goes. That certainly was about, um, as uneventful as it could have been I mean it wasn't a Sunday drive but it wasn't far off it for, for for Max I mean once he uh, got out front there on lap one and I couldn't help uh, but feeling uh, you know half of the way around he was already a couple of seconds second and a half maybe ahead of uh, you know, the, the you know Charles Leclerc at that point who just started disappearing and, and falling through the pack the first you know the further the race went on I was like oh boy here we go but I certainly didn't expect by the time it was going to be all over that uh, he would have won by 22 and a half uh, seconds Anyways, Max's comments uh, after the race were, quote, unbelievable. I think today went even better than expected. I think the car was really nice to drive on every compound. We had a lot of pace. It was just super enjoyable to drive today. We really stayed out of trouble. Great start to the year. I mean, it couldn't have gone any better. Uh, It was, uh, uh, he went on to say, uh, it was a lot of fun. I felt really good in the car. It was always very special to have these kinds of days because they don't happen that often. It just always goes perfect. And you're just uh, one with the car and everything just feels great, end quote. So yeah, I mean look at Max's weekend. He had uh, the the race win, he had the fastest lap, he had the uh, the the pole pole um, position as well. So he ticked uh, all of three of those for the for for the hat trick and you know, only you know, only Lewis and Michael Schumacher have uh you know done that as as much or more as Max Verstappen have over the course of his career and that's just uh, absolutely amazing. Uh <laughs> you know, it's just it, it was incredible. I mean uh, Charles really did put it to, to, to Max, you know, like Charles was at a little bit of a disadvantage at start starting in second, being on the dirty side of the track. Max, uh, you know, covered off uh, quite nicely, pulled over to the right-hand side of the track, going down into turn one. You know, we got that funny little right-left-right uh, right combo going through turns two, three, and then uh, going in the stretch uh, or that uh, straightaway down into turn four. But, you uh, you know, Max defended it uh, perfectly. And, uh, and in the event that Charles was going to get uh, past Max, he was going to have to do it the hard way, right? Um, he was going to have to come across from the right-hand side of the track, go around on the outside of the corner. And he really did his uh, very best uh, to do so, but Max covered it off nicely. Uh, it was, uh, you know, mostly nice and clean. Well, ex- uh, with the exception of, uh, you know, Hulkenberg going to the back of a uh, land stroll, he might've also been tagged a little bit uh, by uh, Valtteri Bottas, who also had a, a broken uh, end plate on the front of his, uh, uh, on the right side of his front wing. So there was uh, some drama going there, but at least for the front runners, they got through those uh, first couple of quarters uh, nice and clean. And, you know, let's be realistic. I mean, uh, Charles, I mean, he did his best to get around Max to try and, uh, you know, take the lead at that point. But once he'd been forced uh, wide at uh, turn one, he wasn't really going get, uh, get to get around uh, Max uh, from there. And even if he did, regardless if he was able to take him on the inside or the outside, Max got a great uh, launch off of the line. He was, he was always at the uh, the advantage there, but uh, Charles, you know, let, let let's be honest, everyone. Even if he got in front of Max, he certainly would have been gobbled up uh, pretty quickly. And uh, Max, at that point, unless he was uh, being really pushed uh, from from behind by Carlos Sainz or Sergio Perez or any of the other cars that uh, that were following, you know, he he was always going to be much faster than Charles Leclerc and could just uh, almost pick and choose the time that he wanted, unless, like I say, he was really being uh, pressured uh, from from behind, but. Max is he's, he's you know grown and you uh, know grown older and matured and uh, really perfected uh, his craft uh, as a racing driver is uh, you know certainly doesn't, you know, react poorly to, to pressure. I mean, most of the times uh, he gets it uh, spot on. However, he, he's usually in the, in the position where he's out front leading and uh, he's not in the back, in the pack, uh, trying to defend a position and the, at the same time is trying to, to make an overtake. So that would be a, a little bit interesting to, to kind of see, you know, Max in that situation, whether he still got it or if he's still got a little bit of rest. of course he's still got, it. I mean, he's a, uh, you know, fantastic uh, race driver, but uh, certainly uh, Uh, you know, you might have to like shake off a little bit of rust because as I say, I mean, he's not used to defending and fighting um, for position at, uh, at that, the same time. We usually just see him disappearing down into the, uh, the, the the distance, which uh, we certainly saw uh, later on. Max also had to say about the start of the race, quote, the start was good. Of course, the first corner is very tight hairpin. So naturally you wanted to um, defend uh, the inside just to be safe. That's what we did. Basically from there onwards, we just focused on our own race and quote. So, yeah, <laughs> what else is there really to, to add from there? I mean, he, you know, he was, Max, again, was perfect. He uh, put it the fastest lap of the race for the hat trick and, you know, the, the, the pit stop and the strategy was uh, was pretty bang on as well. So uh, good to, good for him. Um, let's talk now about Carlos Sainz, the uh, smooth operator. Everybody's got their eyes on, um, on, on, on Carlos Sainz because let's face it, there's a couple of uh, really big seats open for next year. I mean, there, there's this constant debate about uh, Sergio Perez and what's going to happen with that second seat at uh, at Red Bull and uh, that Mercedes seat is open. What with Lewis uh, moving over to uh for uh, to Ferrari. I mean, uh, uh, Carlos of course has a history within the Red Bull organization. Doesn't have any uh, relationships uh, to uh, Mercedes, but he's a very mature and very capable uh, driver at this point. And certainly, he took advantage of um, you know the the, the struggles that uh, Charles Leclerc had. And it's just you you can see that there there might be. A little bit of a disappointment there for Carlos Sainz. Uh, Red Bull didn't have as many um, sets of uh, hard compound, pardon me, hard compound tires available uh, later in the race. And so- they had to go on the soft tires for their last stint. Carlos was on the on the hard uh, compound uh, tires. And just, um, you know, the logic was uh, really sound, you know, from uh, Ferrari. You know, you've got this uh, very abrasive track where tire degre- uh, degradation is a very serious issue. And you, you think that you've got an advantage over the, the the Red Bulls going in to the third and final stint of the race. And it just didn't pan out that way because uh, we heard uh, Carlos Sainz at one point, I'd say maybe about a third of the way into that last stint, uh, you know, talking to his uh, race engineer, asking, you know, when are the when are the hard tires going to be, you know, wh- when are they going to come to life, and when are they going to uh, outperform the 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 soft compound uh, tires? But uh, to Red Bull's uh, you know advantage, that uh, that that performance uh, didn't go away. Uh, by the time it was all said and done, there were several seconds uh, between uh, Sergio Perez and uh, and Carlos Sainz. So you know, I I don't you know, and and I've been very critical of uh, Ferrari and their strategies. Over the years, but uh, I, I think that uh, this definitely was uh, the, the the right call, and it certainly looked like they were going to be a uh, better positioned to, to at least uh, challenge uh, Checo for second place. Uh, you know, just uh, would have expected with uh, I can't remember exactly what uh, what lap um, uh, Perez and uh, and uh, Science had their last stops on, but there was a significant amount of uh, laps left in the race. I'm I'm thinking twenty-ish laps uh, thereabout. That um, that at some point those soft tires would uh, fall off and those uh, those harder compound tires would come to life but uh, it was cooler there uh, in Bahrain today so just from that uh, you know just they couldn't generate the heat that they were expecting and the, the the hard car harder compound tires just never came to life so whatever it was a gamble or a strategy that uh, that just didn't pay off but still I think that uh, science should be uh, very pleased with the way that things went and the the fact that uh, he overtook his uh, struggling teammate not once but twice during the the course of the uh, the entire year, and like I say, I, I I can't help it. I'm a bit of a sucker for an underdog story, and uh, I'm going to be uh, cheering for for Carlos Sainz uh, this year because uh, I, I want to see what he can do. And uh, you know, more well, maybe not more importantly, but also I'd like to see, based on the, the the body of his work and what he's done in Formula One over the course of his career, that what opportunities open up for him for for 2025. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyways, after the race, uh, Carlos Sainz said, quote, I felt really good out there today. The start wasn't ideal, but from then on, I just managed my tires well. And then from there, I could do my own pace, overtook two or three cars on the way to the podium, and then keeping up with the Red Bull there at the end, which was a pleasant surprise. Still not enough, not where we want to be, but a good step forward compared to last year and a solid start to the season, end quote. There you go. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back on the other side. going to talk about uh, Ricardo and Sunita, or Sunita, Sunoda. Pardon me, uh, Charles Leclerc. Going to talk about him as well. Got some of the quotes here from uh, from uh, also Total Wolf. We're going to update our fantasy standings, and we're going to play some uh, voice calls and things like that. We'll do that in just a moment. So please don't go away. I'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive All right, welcome back to the show. So we're going to keep breaking down the Bahrain Grand Prix here. I've got some uh, more messages uh, coming up that I want to play, a couple of um, posts on X that I want to talk about. And uh, we'll do that uh, a little bit uh, as uh, we... Well, we've already talked about the smooth operator. So let's uh, talk about his teammate, Charles Leclerc. So he had some issues out there on the the, the track earlier today. He had a more than 100 degree split and brake temperatures uh, during the race. And uh, he continually struggled. I mean, uh, th- it was obvious. I mean, Charles was locking up. He was running wide. He wasn't uh, effectively able to defend uh, the, his position or attack uh, properly. And uh, <laughs> poor old Charles just seems to be uh, jinxed and cursed, um, which is disappointing obviously. I mean, uh, he's certainly had some challenges during his time with with, the Ferrari, but just generally speaking, there there seems to be some some pace in that car. Uh, Anyways, uh, Charles, after the race, had a couple of uh, comments. uh, First of all, saying, "Quotes: it was impossible in the first 15 laps. The issue was getting a lot worse every lap. I was obviously uh, basing my braking for turns nine and 10 with the previous lap, which obviously fell too late all the time, but the issue was getting a lot worse. Every time I would brake three meters earlier, but I would still still lock up. Then at lap 15 or 20, the issue stabilized. The team told me on the radio that it was more than a hundred degrees split between from the the front left and the front uh, right, which is huge. At the moment, I understood that the best thing I could do was just uh, bring the car home to the checkered flag. Honestly, all in all, uh, considering that the issue didn't get any better throughout the whole race, we started to be more consistent when the issue didn't worsen in every lap, which is helping me be more consistent." End quote so yeah I mean that's a very very uh, difficult thing uh, to manage and it'll be interesting to see what um, you know f- what uh, what Ferrari can um, do to figure out what the what the cause of that problem uh, was and then hopefully rectify that situation because um, there, there's no break here we're going straight to Saudi Arabia we're going to Jeddah for, for for next weekend so they're gonna have to get this uh, figured out uh, really uh, really quickly uh, Charles also uh, went on to say quote uh, considering everything to finish fourth is a really good effort after- Effort, but I'm very disappointed with the results. I honestly think that second place would have been very possible today. End quote. Yeah, absolutely. I I think so too. Uh, just considering that uh, that his teammate was uh, able to hang very close to uh, Sergio Perez for uh, you know a, a very very long portion of the race and uh, just uh, wasn't able to get close enough at the end. I, I think there's a, a little bit of hope that uh, that uh, that the Ferrari can challenge for second place. Now whether or not uh, they can challenge. Max that seems like a little bit of a stretch at the moment because it, you know based on what we saw today we didn't see anybody that uh, had any sort of pace out there that could match uh, Max for you know keeping in mind that Max is uh, driving a car that is uh, basically uh, designed for Max and uh, matches all his uh, strengths and uh, attributes and um, Sergio not able to extract that same sort of pace that is, uh, his teammate is but still uh, he's able to keep it just far enough ahead of the the the, the rest of the competition. So certainly the rest of them have got a lot of work to do to, to catch up. Um, let's just talk quickly about uh, Mercedes. So they said that uh, engine issues uh, cost them at least half a second a lap in uh, in Bahrain. Uh, so uh, George Russell, as I mentioned earlier, came home with a uh, fifth place. Uh, Lewis Hamilton came ho- home in seventh. And so just to, I know this is only uh, one race. I mean, two years ago, George had a better season than Lewis. Last year, Lewis was better than, uh, than, than George. Are we going to alternate? Is this going to be a- another season where Georgia does better than Lewis we'll wait and see. But uh, based on the first race of the season, uh, that certainly uh, is the case. You know, keeping in mind, that's a very, very uh, small uh, uh, sample size to uh, compare. Anyways, uh, Total Wolf said after the race, uh, quote, testing was pretty good. Also, the performances on Thursday and Friday were encouraging. The car was stable. It was good. The drivers like it. When we started the race on the soft tire, everything was pretty much to plan. And then unfortunately, we had to start pulling the engine more than we, uh, we expected. We can't understand yet. Where that came from, we have one of our customer teams, Williams, who had the same issue. The other two, McLaren and Aston Martin, did not. That was unexpected. Um, Then uh, Total went on to say, "Quote uh, from uh, then on, if you switch 0.3 to 0.4 of a second of power, uh, pardon me, 0.3 to 0.4 second of power unit performance off, then you have to lift and coast on top. So I think at times probably it was either five or six tenths of a second that we couldn't take from what the car had in it. Therefore, it just wasn't great fun at times. We were literally." Not a few degrees, but like ten degrees, run over what we thought we should be. End quote. So, uh, Toto did go on to say that uh, he reckons that, that the uh, that the problems will be uh, fixed for the Saudi uh, Grand Prix next weekend. And uh, I, I think it's really really interesting that uh, that it was uh, it was the works team and Williams that experienced the issue, but uh, the Aston Martin and the, uh, the the McLaren cars did not. And it was it was interesting for those of you that maybe were watching the the Sky Sports uh, feed. I switched over to to that feed on uh, F1 TV, and uh, during the course of the race, they um, uh, the uh, Crofty and uh, Martin Brundle, the two commentators, uh, you know, uh, brought uh, Zach Brown into the where uh, they 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 linked up with, with him, and they specifically asked uh, Zach if the uh, if the McLarens were having any issues with their engines, uh, just like uh, the the or just like uh, Mercedes and Williams were, and he said no, that uh, that everything was was fine. So very very strange that uh, half of the Mercedes powers cars were having problems. Half of them didn't. So I'll be uh, looking with uh, some interest over the next uh, couple of days to see what uh, they attribute to those problems too. Okay. So um, just want to talk really quickly here about uh, Danny Ricardo and uh, Yuki Sonoda towards uh, the end of the race. They were running behind pardon me uh, Kevin Magnuson in the Haas uh, they were all fighting for for 12th uh, place so on lap 50 seven uh, laps from the end uh, racing bulls or RB whatever we're calling them asked Sunoda to uh, swap positions with his teammate uh, Danny Ricardo who said that uh, he was uh, faster and he wanted to have a, a uh, you know a chance to uh, get some laps in to try and pass uh, Magnuson uh, because he had a faster tire compound and then so uh, initially Yuki protested and then after a little Bit uh, decided to uh, to swap uh, places with his uh, teammate. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was interesting on the on the on the race feeds that first of all, you they were playing the quotes or, or the, uh, the 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 radio clip from Danny Ricardo saying basically, I don't think I need to say anything when he felt like he was being held up uh, by his teammates. Uh, Yuki was uh, very animated and very upset uh, when he's he was just like, Oh, you got to be kidding me, or something like that. And then uh, after the, uh, the, the 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 race, they uh, he it looked like well you <laughs> It didn't look like when the when you see like the in car cameras and this was missed by the 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 TV feed, which you know makes sense on a cool down lap and a bunch of teams uh, or cars that were fighting for you know final positions outside of the points. That uh, this wasn't caught, but if you go back and look at the race cameras, if you can see that Tsunoda definitely does come speeding by Danny Ricardo and swerves uh, towards him. So uh, after the race, uh, Yuki said that he he didn't understand uh, the team order to swap the cars. And and uh, wanted them to, uh, to, to to look that over. Uh, Yuki said to the press, quote, I was just about to take uh, overtake Magnuson. I was side by side in the main straight and then got a, a driver swap for the last few laps. To be honest, I didn't understand what the team thought, so I have to understand what they were thinking, but so far, I don't understand. We have to review what uh, was their thoughts. To be honest, I, I don't really understand. Ricardo uh, said that in the pre-race uh, meeting, that the scenario was also covered, uh, that uh, that uh, he was full expecting to have a, a swap should something like that happen. So Ricardo said, uh, quote, we talked about it before the race uh, when we uh, go through the strategy and we have a few plans of uh, what strategy that we might do. It was highly unlikely that we would be starting on the on the, the new soft. I meant that I was going to finish the race on a new soft and then have an attacking last stint. The call was quite uh, expected. I know when you're on uh, in, a, in the race, you're more than a little bit emotional and it's a bit more intense, but uh, this call came as no no surprise. Obviously every lap counts when you're on this tire and trying to get this little bit of grip out. So you need uh, to react to the team call. Also, we weren't in the points position yet, so there was really nothing to lose. Just let me go and see if I can do something about it, uh, end quote. And that that's quite possible that, uh, you know, at, at the time that the, the the swap call came over the radio, perhaps uh, Ricardo's tires were just entering that, that real sweet spot. They were just, uh, you know, perfect in terms of wear and tire temperature and all those uh, things and grip. And. And uh, just uh, being stuck behind his uh, teammate for another lap or two, maybe that just took the edge off uh, enough that uh, that uh, that he wasn't able to effectively attack uh, Magnussen uh, afterwards or when he finally got his chance. R- Ricardo did go on afterwards to say that uh, he would have been more than happy to to swap with uh, Sonoda if the team asked him to, if he was uh, unable to uh, pass Magnussen. Uh, he said uh, the following quote, in the end, whether I'm 13th or 14th, I don't know if any driver cares about, that, but I don't. So if the team had let me let him back by before the uh, finish line, I would have done it because it means nothing to me. Unless we are in the points, who cares? Uh, but is a uh, really just if you are in the points positions, if he was letting me by for ninth and he is tenth or whatever, then maybe swap again if I cannot get eighth. But in that situation, it didn't matter today. It is one race of twenty four, and yes, I think there was a little bit of conflict today, but I don't want uh, that to set the tone. I think we will talk about it now in the briefing. Honestly, hopefully, once he has calmed down, he can say okay. Yeah, I should have moved a lot earlier. End quotes. All right, so going to take a, a quick break here. Going to come back on the other side. We're going to uh, d- dive into the mailbag. Going to play some uh, calls, and we'll first of all we'll talk about uh, the fantasy uh, standings. Okay, so uh, hang tight. We'll be ab- back on the flip side. So please don't go away. All right, welcome back. So yes, let's take a, a quick look now at the Scuderia F1 podcast Fantasy League. I'll just p- pull up the standings here. I had them uh, a little while ago. Here we go. We'll go down the top five. And I'm actually quite impressed that they got the, 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 the standings up so quickly. So I, I'm, I'm quite impressed because... I don't know what happened when I made the uh, set up the the the, the league uh, once it uh, went live about I don't know a week or ten days ago, but it took uh, some time for it to to become uh, you know visible uh, to, to to others and uh, for folks uh, to be able to 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 join and uh, enter their team. So much smaller than last year, we got about 140 people that uh, have entered teams. So at the top uh, we have the the red Beards, uh, That's Greg Androff with 264 points. Um, Carrie dura F1. That's Luis Rodriguez. Rodriguez, pardon me, Rodriguez Coet, some 250. Uh, needlessly long name, Charles Trueblood is third with 246. Hamilton, eight time champions, uh, Krasat Sen, 245. And then Cranger, Alex Conti is currently fifth with 240 points. So we'll see uh, what, uh, what what happens. There, there's some great names in uh, here. So we, we got Beer on Verstappen. <laughs> oh, Bengals Bubs. That's a repeat from last year, currently P10. So we'll see how things. Uh, uh, pan out over the course of the season. Okay, time to go to the mailbag. Um, let's see, we already talked about Kaiju's. Okay, here we've got one from Oxcart at Oxcart 303183 on X. Um, the, the the post is, you heard it here, First People, the decision was made by Liberty Media today to ensure that 2026 will be spec cars. They won't call it that, uh, but it will be. They know that the bleep we saw today ain't going to keep the money printer printing, end quote. There you go. Uh, that's uh, a very, very interesting take, right? Uh, that we've certainly seen, um, something. It, it wasn't the most exciting race. And, uh, I got a couple of, uh, calls here that I'm going to play in a moment and there's a, a wide range of opinions, uh, between uh, the, the three callers into the show. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. The, the difference that we saw between Max and the other 19 cars. Again, if you look at uh, where he finished up compared to even his teammate, I mean, it is a huge, huge difference. So, um, yeah, the Red Bull, especially Max's car for whatever reason is just uh, that much that that much more. I mean, you look um so I mean he's 24 and a half, pardon me, 22.45 seconds ahead of his uh, teammate Sergio Perez. Then he's only about, uh, Perez is only a couple of seconds, about two and a half seconds quicker than uh, Carlos Sainz. And then, you know, Charles, you know, he's about 14 seconds behind uh, Carlos, but of course he was struggling with the, with, with issues. And George Russell, who was in fifth, was struggling with issues. And then you have Lando in the first uh, of the two McLarens behind George. So he wasn't uh, struggling with any problems that we know of, but then you have Lewis who was seventh, who, uh, who was, uh, you know, and then the same thing too, Piastri didn't have any problems we know about them uh know about then you have the two uh, aston martins in ninth and tenth and we saw plenty of action or not plenty of action but we did see cars fighting and scrapping maybe not as much as we've seen them uh, other races but the one thing that uh, maybe i should just uh, talk about quickly when it comes to the the two aston martins they just uh, lacked any real pace uh, today fernando i think um you know, he qualified, I think probably right where he should have. Lance, again, a bit of a disappointing uh, qualifying, but certainly to get all the way back into the points after being right at the back of the pack after that first quarter incident when he got to hit from behind by uh, Nico Hülkenberg. Uh, I, I think that's maybe not something to be really, really excited about, but I think Probably should be at least satisfied with that single point to salvage something uh, from there. But you know, going back to Oxcart's uh, tweet there, that you know, would uh, Formula One go with a spec design where all the cars are are, are the same? Who knows? But uh, certainly, I, I think that a really, really good point is made there because you know there there is so much uh, difference out there, and if it becomes another season of dominance uh, by Red Bull and uh, by Max. Yeah, I I can see why people would want to to go away. We want to see some uh, more exciting racing. And again, at the end of the year, I I don't mind if Max wins and uh, Red Bull win the championship. I would just like to see some closer racing rather than, you know, a a somewhat, uh, you know, uh, relaxed and, uh, you know, not too drained looking Max getting out of his car. I want to see him have to work for it. So I don't want to see him uh, disappearing down the road. Okay. The next, uh, uh, the next comment we have is from uh, Roberto Moray. Roberto's takes are my takes for the season. Ferrari has pace, just needs to fix some gremlins. Same with Mercedes. McLaren pace was a bit puzzling. Can't put my finger on it. I continue expected fireworks from science, Leclerc and Russell, Uh top dog contact uh, contest after Max, of course. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, that's a great call. Um, you know, when you kind of look at the, at, at their final race uh, classification, Science, LeClaire and Russell were all in there and kind of makes you wonder how that, uh, what would have turned out if uh, LeClaire and Russell weren't uh, fighting some, some problems uh, with their car. So, um, as much as we're all kind of like buzzing and uh, you know happy for Carlos Sainz getting that podium uh, this afternoon, that 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 really was his to lose. And let, let's be fair about it, because there there wasn't anybody that was close to him that could really push him for that uh, that third position. So as long as he kept his uh, nose clean and uh, did not do anything to uh to uh, you know to to ruin his afternoon, that was always uh, going to be a, a third uh, place that was. You know, I wouldn't say guaranteed, but like I say, definitely something for, for Carlos to lose. All right, let's uh, go into the, uh, the calls. First up, we have Ray and SD.
0: Hey guys, this is Ray and SD. First of all, love the show. You guys know I do. I love how you guys put so much effort into it and keeping us fans engaged in a uh, racing series that's not always exciting. But uh, anyways, uh, take for race one real quick. I thought that Ferrari had a shot to at least keep it close. But uh, Red Bull, again, far and away, too fast for everybody in the field. It's very concerning that it's more like 2023 all over again. And I could see the whole season become like that, which I hope it doesn't. But anyways, I do think it's kind of weird and fishy that the Red Bulls are so much more dominant than the other nine teams. How can you have nine teams interpret the regulations so closely, and so the rest of the pack is somewhat you know competitive, yet Red Bull is so far and away superior? It just doesn't seem right, and it's enough again to uh, turn people away, especially the casual fan uh, from the sport. Um, anyways, keep the great work. Talk to you guys soon.
1: Thank <laughs> you. Alright well thanks for the for the call Ray. and and great question right why is the red bull that much more dominant uh, than than everyone else and i you know I, I guess part of it is at the at the moment we we saw the other teams we saw the mclarens we saw the the ferraris with some issues uh, today but again they just seem to be miles away from from everyone else and i'll back up to the comments i made earlier in the show it's like okay max 22 and a half seconds ahead of his teammate uh, but i kept you know thinking to myself especially during the Course of the race, that if it was somebody else other than Sergio Perez in that car that could extract more performance out of it, do we have a situation that is more, you know, is it the 2024 version at Red Bull like we saw? you know 10 years ago with uh, with uh, with Nico Rosberg and uh, Lewis Hamilton at uh, at Mercedes where you had uh, Lewis was the was the clear number 1 the clear championship uh, contender and then you had um, you had uh, Nico Rosberg that on, on his day was uh, you know more than capable of uh, pushing Lewis for 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 wins and for polls and uh, ultimately wins a, a championship and he was a lot closer to to Lewis than uh, Valtteri uh, was uh, you know no, no disrespect to to Valtteri Bottas, but that uh, you know that I don't think is uh, up for debate uh, too much. I think that uh, you know he was the perfect guy to partner Lewis Hamilton because he wasn't going to challenge him as uh, as close. You know there there wasn't going to be that toxic relationship like there was with uh, with Lewis, and they were going to win a lot of uh, championships uh, together. But I mean for for Red Bull, I mean from from their point of view, Perez you know did what he needed to do. I mean again he didn't qualify all that great, uh, and I mean this is just seems to be you know, what uh, Sergio Perez does, but uh, or at least what we've seen during his time in Red Bull, but he does get the result that they need at the end of the day. He gets that P2, they get maximum points, they, they go away from the first race of the year with the maximum haul. So, I mean, Red Bull, I think as an or- organization tonight, are very, very happy because – they got the race win, they got the fastest lap and their second car comes home in P2. I mean, the only kind of little blemish on that is that, you know, Sergio starting a little bit further back at the start of the race. So, you know, that puts him in a little bit more of a risky position because we know the, you know, if you're not starting on on pole and you're not leading into that first corner, you can get caught up in in, in drama and, uh, you know, you can, uh, you you know, I hate saying bad luck, you know, because that's a, a little bit of BS, but you know certainly, you, you know, you put yourself at risk Risk of uh, getting involved in uh, an opening lap, uh, you know, incident where you get, get your car damaged, or you could uh, have an accident and be forced to retire the car or whatever. So I think that's like that, you know, the one kind of blemish on their entire weekend. But you know, great call. Why, why at this point are they still that much uh, further ahead of everyone else? Because you know, the whole point of the cost cap was to uh, basically you know bring everybody in line. That uh, there were supposed to be um, you know less opportunities to kind of like over engineer compared to everyone else and kind of, well, you can't throw unlimited uh, uh, dollars at someone or at, at something and uh, expect to buy your way out of, uh, you know, a problem or engineer a car that's better than everyone else's. But I suppose uh, the counter-argument to, to that is that, you know, they just continue to get it right, that they they know what they're doing and um, they've just been able to iterate on this car that they've had for the last uh, couple of years and keep uh, improving on it. And the other teams are just struggling uh, struggling to to keep up you know and I, I don't want to sit here because I mean I've seen plenty of uh, tweets today that uh, basically you know people are saying this is a complete repeat of last year the season is over um, <laughs> and we still have 23 races to go I mean it, it doesn't seem very encouraging because it really just seemed like like a control C control V cut and paste uh, kind of a situation from last year and uh, the only difference is uh, is new paint uh, on, on the cars I mean w- one uh, tweet uh, that I saw here on x was from uh, chain bear Uh, the quote is uh, these 10 teams spent an awful lot of money revolutionaries revolutionary pardon me revolutionizing their designs to keep things exactly as they were from abu dhabi apart from alpine who took the winter off you know, great take, right? I mean, it seems that uh, the the race order is completely the same as what we saw at the end of the year. Red Bull still out front. Ferrari's got some good pace, and uh, you know, can you know, might be able to to match the, the the Red Bulls at time. And then you have everyone else, and then you've got Alpine that has uh, completely kind of fallen off and uh, has disappeared somewhere into the uh, into the dips uh, distance. Another uh, post I saw on X from Yeppa uh, Olson was a uh, kind of a, a bit of a cheeky synopsis of uh, the the race on on Twitter, and uh, you know, Yep's uh, comment was Twitter recap since this uh, race started. Ferrari is in trouble. Mercedes is in trouble. Haas is in trouble. Williams is in trouble. Alpine is in trouble. Al- Aston Martin is in trouble. Sauber is in trouble. This means Red Bull will win the title, and we'll have a fight uh, for second between McLaren and <laughs> Toro Rosso. So that's uh, kind of is- interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Yep's uh, timeline might uh, look a little bit uh, different uh, than, than than mine. So that's uh, that was. Uh, an interesting one okay next uh, call we have is uh, from Martin in Florida
3: hey Mark Martin from Florida wow what a great opening season the uh, Bahrain race was not the most exciting on the planet but the podium with Max Checo and Carlos uh, that was just great to see the uh, midfield that was a pretty good show, too. Um, McLaren's, Mercedes, and Assens. And, um, you know, the prediction I had for the year on a show a couple of weeks ago was that, that Carlos would outdrive Charles, have more podiums, and be a better driver. Yeah, race one into the season, I think I'm 100% correct with that. Uh, shout out to Checo. Man, what a great race! Second for Red Bull. And the uh, second shout-out goes to uh, Lance Stroll. What a great race. I mean, uh, 10th. And he had a clip on the back from Magnuson that put him right at the back of the pack. That was uh, very impressive. Worst driver of the day, though, I'm going to tell you, Sergeant, where was that kid? If he wants to make an impression, (laughs) he's nowhere near it, is he? That's a sad performance from that guy. But uh, glad the first race is out of the way. It was pretty exciting. I liked it. And uh, on to the next one. Take care, buddy. Talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, so thanks for that, uh, Martin, and a uh, number of good points. Uh, again, uh, the, the, the Carlos Sainz uh, situation, I think that that's one we're going to be watching uh, all season. And, uh, you know, again, we, we, we may not get a good comp between himself and Charles based on what we saw today because, you know, Charles was obviously <clears> – <throat> Pardon me, uh, fighting with some uh, some issues, but what does wh- what does Carlos Sainz have to really lose this year? He doesn't have anything to uh, to uh, to lose. I mean, he knows he's out at the end of the season. He knows Lewis Hamilton is coming next year to take his seat, so he can basically. Yeah, I, I would think feel free to do what he wants to race the way that he feels because, you know, what, what are they going to do if, uh, he doesn't obey team orders or he pushes uh, Charles harder. Uh, I, I, mean, that was not, uh, th- it was obvious when he passed Charles the first time there was no team orders at that Ferrari and Ferrari is famous for team orders. I mean, it's basically what they do. They've had a history of that more than anyone else in, uh, you know, since 1950. Right. So anyways, I mean, it, that was a good indication that, uh, That the Carlos is not going to sit back uh, this year; that he's going to take the fight to to Charles Leclerc whenever he can, and uh, I I think that uh, it's going to make that story really, really uh, exciting to watch uh, this year. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, next week in in Jeddah because uh, the the one thing that we've uh, kind of learned over the years is Charles isn't a pushover either; that uh, that he's not going to sit back and he's he's not going to let uh, his teammate uh, take it to him either. So I think this could develop into a good scrap. You know, I just wonder what uh, you know how it could. Uh, almost spiral out of control. I mean, uh, and, and that sounds like a, a little bit, uh, you know, disastrous. There, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, coming kind of up with a theory that's maybe a bit of a, a catastrophe. But you know, w- where would uh, where where could possibly Charles go mentally if uh, if Carlos continues to outperform him and do the same thing that we saw, uh, like we saw in, in the first overtake in, in the race that that uh, the Carlos, you know, he pushed himself up inside of the car there. It was a nice clean overtake. And then Charles uh, obviously struggling with the car was just uh, left uh, in, you know, looking at the back of his teammates car disappearing down the road in front of them, but, uh, certainly very interesting uh, to see. So I, I think we really need to, to, to wait a couple more races to really see how we find some equilibrium in that situation, but then great call on Logan Sargent, you know, he, here's uh, you know, I, I, know he's racing for Williams. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a team that's going to you know be at the front any time, but we've seen, well, just, you know, maybe not today because, uh, Alex Albon was one of the, uh, Mercedes power drivers that was having problems, but we didn't see anything of his, uh, teammate and finished uh, completely at the back. And, uh, this was, I think maybe the first time, if I recall that we saw Bahrain Grand Prix that didn't have a retirement of some, ca- some kind. So for Sargent to make the headlines for failing to make any kind of headlines for any reason, I think is uh, a little bit, uh, ominous. So thank you for the call there. Uh, martin appreciate that finally we're going to go to lucas in the netherlands and listen to lucas's take
2: hi mark this is lucas from the netherlands wish you good luck on the podcast um i have a Dutch podcast as well Uh, anyway this was probably the most boring race we have seen in a very long time boring bahrain and um well, not, not not only the gap that uh, Max Verstappen pulled, but the well the race of all the other cars. There was no fight. I didn't see one. So maybe I need, need a new television. But anyway, uh, let's hope for um, some great battles in in in, in the, the entire field. So good luck on the podcast. Greetings from the Netherlands. Ciao, ciao.
1: Well thanks for that Lucas and again that, that that's uh, another take very similar to a lot of uh, folks uh, this afternoon that have uh, said exactly the same thing that there wasn't a lot of uh, fight there you know i'd be interested to, to see how the, the the tally for overtakes uh, kind of, you know uh, works out to compared to previous years at uh, at Bahrain but i, I you know I, I i keep thinking about this even as uh, i've been sitting down here to record the the the, the podcast and uh, read through some of the tweets listen to the, the different messages i'm just kind of wondering if perhaps the the, the fact that we didn't really see anything of a scrap at the front of the pack, maybe is a uh, coloring the rest of the perception of the, the, the rest of the, 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 race, because the action we did see at the front was basically the guys that weren't having problems with their car overtaking the, the, the cars that were having problems. So again, it, it, it's a little bit difficult to say, but you know, we don't really feel that, uh, you know, <laughs> that positive based on what we've seen so far. So when we go to the, 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 the following races, you know, we're going to Abu Dhabi, sorry, not Abu Dhabi to Saudi Arabia next uh, next week and then uh, we're going from there, we're going to Australia, so we've got uh, two street circuits uh, coming up, um, or you know, Australia, not uh, an out-and-out street circuit but uh, for the most part, uh, it is around Albert Park there, and then isn't until we get to, to the beginning of uh, April when we get to Japan at Suzuka and then we go off to uh, Shanghai Th- those are the first purpose uh, built uh, tracks of the year and then before you know it, then the beginning of May, we're off to uh, Miami and uh, the, the street circuit uh, that they've got, uh, you know, constructed around Hard Rock Stadium there. And uh, so we're not going to get to some real you purpose-built uh, tracks for a real time yet, because after that, we go to Italy for the, uh, uh, the race at Imola and then Monaco, another street track. And it isn't really till the beginning of June when we get to, to Canada for the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal that we're going to get a long run of, of, uh, of, uh, tracks that uh, are all purpose-built racetracks. So we're going to get all those uh, races, Canada, Spain, Austria, Britain, Hungary, Belgium, Holland, Italy. And then it won't be till the middle of uh, September until we uh, get back to Azerbaijan, where we're going to hit the street circuits again. Then we have a pair of those in Azerbaijan and Singapore, and then we finish up uh, the season, in the USA, Mexico, Brazil, and then we're going to go back to uh, Vegas for another street track at at the, uh, the end of the year and then Qatar and Abu Dhabi to finish up uh, the year at the, uh, the the end of the season. So, you know, a, another a couple of interesting uh, takes there and uh, thank you one and all for, for sending those in. i uh, love to hear the, the, the comments for all of you that uh, that uh, make the time to, to call in or send a tweet or an email or whatever it might be. Really do appreciate uh, all of those. So I'm going to wrap it up. It is, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon. going to go spend some time with the family here in a little bit. So we'll be back here on uh, Thursday night. Night. Uh, got a really interesting uh, guest uh, lined up, and uh, that will drop into the uh, into the show on Thursday. And then uh, we're back to racing again this time next week. So it's going to be a busy, busy uh, week or weekend. It is a busy weekend, but it's going to be a very busy season. We're going to have to to buckle up because uh, we're going to be going now all the way through until we hit the summer break, we'll get another, uh, we'll get a couple of weeks off then obviously, but then when we're in season, when we're racing there, there's not going to be too many pauses between uh, race weekends. It's going to be lots of double and triple headers uh, coming up uh, as we uh, go through a 24 race calendar this year. I mean, it's not going to be till December 8th when we get into the, you know, the holiday season that uh, we're going to actually wrap these up. So decorations uh, for various holidays will start going up when we celebrate. Well, <laughs> are we going to celebrate the end of the season or will we just be glad that it's over at that point? So we'll wait and see. Anyways, if you want to get in touch, uh, send me uh, an email, scooteryf1pod at gmail.com. Give me a follow on X at Scootery F1 Pod and um, head on over to the our uh, X page profile whatever it is you can figure out where uh, to leave a voice message get the website uh, up running uh, very very soon and i can do that a little bit more easily i hope anyways guys have a great weekend and bye for now